The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111911. Are you sick and tired of dealing with the so-called new normal when we know there's nothing normal about it? How about dealing with the old normal for a change? Westside Auto Supply and Slow still offers the same old school service they've been known for since 1946. They still offer the best quality auto parts, expert service, and the advice you deserve. Walking into Westside is like going back in time when the customer was king. With the latest technology and always competitive prices, Westside Auto Supply. Buy the best from the best. Whether you're driving one of these... One of these. One of these. And maybe someday, one of these. Whatever you're driving, Motormouths have answers to all of your automotive questions. And now your host, Mr. Motormouth, Jason Arnalis. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. Good morning, everyone. It's, uh, you know, I was just, uh, I had to stop this morning, okay? I drive this road every day, well, six days a week to work and whatnot. And I had to stop this morning because there's snow in them, our hills. Oh my goodness. Uh, we had snow last night. What? 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 I'm at the beach. Uh, what, what are you talking about? Uh, it snowed. So if you're not, if you haven't looked outside, look outside, look at the hills around you. There are snow on the tops of the hills. I mean, I, what? I know we're on Sacramento <laughs> drive here, just uh, inside the city limits. Right inside the city limits, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's snow on. I mean, I have a picture of the jug from K Jug on my phone with snow, with snow on the, the hills in the background. That's incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I am. I yeah. am blown away. Yeah. So we have to add one more thing to the most beautiful place in the world. Uh, so let's talk. Uh, if you have the time, the place, the space, the parts, the inclination, I'm here to help. I want to help you with your car questions, your car concerns, your car. Hmms. Uh, I still love Arsenio Hall and things that make you say, hmm. There's a lot of those things in the world for me. I want to know why. I'm constantly asking why, 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 why. And it drives everyone insane. Jason, just cuz. No, I don't like cuz. Cuz you're a relative. I want to know why. Um, and this morning, I am very honored and very happy to have a guest in the uh, studio other than my normal <laughs> cohort, Jim, which is always my back bone here um <laughs> i appreciate that i appreciate that so yeah. we have chief of police of san luis obispo rick scott in the studio with us this morning good morning rick how are you doing this morning hey good morning jason and good morning all the listeners so i uh, appreciate you having me on the show today uh, it's our pleasure it's yeah. awesome i love it so we want to talk cars and um cars speaking of cars so talk to me you have uh, 60 officers. I, I, I'm trying to get in front of my face. It just doesn't want to be there. It's not the not your normal mic. That's what <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. It's, it's one of, and I got to have an engineering apparently come in here and do a little tightening there on that go. one. There it is. Keep sneaking down. Yeah. Um, so you have 60 officers that work here in the city of San Luis Obispo? Yeah, correct. We have about uh, 60 police officers, 60 sworn officers, and in total we have uh, just under 100 staff. Uh, so we have a lot of other admin staff and support staff. Uh, as well as uh, our dispatchers that help keep the city safe. Okay, so dispatchers now, is that just for city of San Luis? Because I was told other cities 
combine their dispatchers. Correct. There's some some cities uh, in our in our county that are combined. Our city is standalone, so we actually dispatch uh, for police and fire for the city of San Luis Obispo, and we also dispatch fire services and EMS to Cal Poly. Uh, but oh. for police, it's just the city of Slo. Okay. Okay. So when you ha- uh, so you say dispatch, so. When I call 911, how does my phone know to call you compared to Aurora Grande, compared to Cal Poly, compared to Morro Bay? To- yeah, that's a good question, and I get this question a lot. Our, so our phones are super smart, uh, and they know through GPS, they know exactly where you are within the city. And so there's a, essentially an electronic grid that's set up. So your phone knows where you're at. It knows which communication center to call. So when you hit 911, it automatically routes to that center that's going to provide you those emergency services. Now, sometimes it's not always perfect. So if there is an issue, our dispatch center will transfer. So if you're actually you know, to, to in the county or a different city, our center will transfer you directly to that center. Interesting. I've never yeah. even thought about that until just now when you're talking about it, like, hmm, wait a second. It, it's a really fascinating technology, and I'm really happy to report that we have a text to 911 now. A lot of people don't know this. So if you have an emergency uh, and you, you're not able to speak or you're not comfortable speaking, you can always just text to 911 and tell them what your emergency situation is. Okay, I never, yeah. I, I couldn't, I never even considered texting to nine one one. I was going to mention too that it's a great system because I actually down uh, Pismo Beach uh, on one one heading south. I had to call nine one one about something one time. I forgot what it was. I think it was like a hazard in, in the freeway, and it directed me to the city of Pismo Beach, I believe, because I was in Pismo Beach, but they immediately put it over to the highway patrol yes i believe that's what happened and that happens here a lot since the 101 comes uh, bisects our city and so a lot of times incidents will happen on the 101 and we'll need to go to a different agency to respond okay interesting okay well i love that that's uh just question i didn't even consider asking (laughs) (laughs) it's a good question (laughs) so that's really cool it's um i I don't know okay so let's talk um i wanted to talk about cars if we're going to start with let's just start with my first question which was cars um your vehicle vehicles that you see okay so past present future in law enforcement, I mean, I know we have, you know, for me, it was the the, the Crown Vic and uh, the Caprice Classic are, are, in my mind, you know, my genre are the, the classic cars. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll stop for that for a second. Let me talk to, let's talk to Rodney from Santa Maria. Good morning, Rodney. How are you doing this morning? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. What, what can we, do you, you have a question for Rick this morning? I do, please. Okay, ask away. Okay, I have a 2006 Hyundai Elantra with about 101,000 miles, and uh, the last 15 months, going back to November 21st, uh, the car has been, like, sputtering, and uh, the it, it sputters as I drive, and then uh, the engine goes off, the check light comes on, I brought it into a repair shop, uh, Highly regarded repair shop. November 21, they replaced the plugs and ignition coil. And then in January 22nd, they replaced it because it happened again. Replaced the ignition coil. And then in May of 22nd, uh, happened again. They replaced the air mass uh, meter or airflow, uh, airflow sensor. Okay, happened again in September of 22. Um, they replaced the idle um, 
control valve. And then uh, just just uh, this month, uh, happened again. Same, always the same thing. Always the sputtering, the dying, the check light. They cleared the codes. Uh, didn't replace anything. They said the problems maybe might be attributable to clutch failing. Um, I was just wondering uh, if you have any thoughts on um, if it might be the clutch or just anything else. Uh, what what year's your car? Might exp- 2006 Hyundai Elantra, 1,000 miles. So, and all of this, all one one final thing. All of this has occurred in less than 1,000 miles. I don't drive much, so it's not as if it's heavy use or anything like that. So I would say we're probably on the wrong path as far as diagnostics. Um, I would say we probably need to look at um, carbon cleaning, um, and then maybe that car has a coil issue, and we should replace the remainder of the coils. And it could be that the spark plugs we're using uh, don't agree with that car. Maybe they're not using the spark plug that Hyundai recommended. Now, I don't know because I'm not there, but that's what I would say. Um, is I would go that route first. The other option, the other thought is maybe, and and I and I don't know what shop you went to, and they're very cool, and I'm sure they're great because I, there's a lot of really great shops in the area. But maybe it, it might be a good time to sit down and take it to another repair shop to have get their a second opinion. Now I, I'm not sure because once again I, I I'm not there, but to have the repeated problem over and over 500 times, uh, f- uh, 500 times over a thousand miles sounds to me like we may be going down the wrong path, and it might be worth finding a second opinion. So that would be what I would suggest at this point in time is find somebody else locally that that you like, ca- talk to your neighbor, or talk to your your family, see if they have someone they recommend. Um, or you can go to the dealer and see what uh, see what they have. O six is getting a little old for a dealership, in my opinion. Most of their technicians are not going to be up to date on that car, as far as they're not going to be used to working on that car. Not that they haven't, not that they don't have somebody that has, but that's an old car for a dealership. Um, so just just thoughts that direction, okay? Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rodney. Uh, we have David from Slow. Good morning, David. The chief, a question. Yes, please. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, regarding regarding the couple that was hit on Sacramento uh, Avenue uh, a few weeks ago, uh, that was by a Tesla, and many Teslas have the ability to have videos going on. I wanted to make sure that the police department checked to see if there was a video of the incident. Yeah, David, thank you for your question. And this is uh, obviously this this incident weighs really heavy uh, on my mind and my heart. In fact, our studio is just right around the corner from that uh, from that location. I drove by and uh, saw the memorial this morning, as a matter of fact. So uh, just to bring you up to speed, and I know uh, that that's a that's a point of, of concern for a lot of our community. The case is still under investigation. We're very close uh, to wrapping up uh, our portion. And we have some other partners that are helping us because it is a detailed uh, crash reconstruction. And so we're, we're doing our very best to conduct a thorough investigation that will uphold court scrutiny. And so I'm hoping uh, here, you know, really, really soon we'll have a conclusion to that. So part 
part of the reason uh, the investigation has taken so long, I know that wasn't your question, was but we are actually going out and uh, issuing several search warrants to get all different types of video that may give us evidence that we need uh, to make a case. Uh, cars these days have lots of technology in them as well, not only as uh, from video, but they also have telemetrics that's saved inside the computer, uh, inside the vehicle. And so that's evidence that we're also working to extract and then conduct further analysis on what that uh, information can tell us about what occurred. So uh, again, thank you very much for your question, and, and I hope to bring some news to uh, to our community about the um, the resolution of this case and for some closure for the families. Sounds like you're on top of it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. But it's great to have questions like that, even though you know, of course, you are trained and you and you uh, you are brought. The, the the brightest people in our world are are there to support you um, and to make sure that you have the information you need to come up to the right conclusion because that's what we want ultimately we don't want we don't want just someone paying for uh, something net bad that happened we want the person that did it or, or the responsible parties whatever that may be and and, and in my mind okay so in my mind that kind of situation and i i know very little about it and i don't want to um know too much too soon um but in my mind i want to make sure that we are handling it properly too so to sit down and go okay so let, let's i don't know that i didn't know it was a tesla but let's just say a tesla was involved let's just don't stop making tesla now because somebody died let's figure out what happened and why and and what we can do to make it better whatever the situation um, <clears throat> I remember years ago, there was a, a gentleman out at the dunes and he and his son were out riding yeah. and they wrecked the car and the, and the son died and people are outraged. Let's put this guy in jail. I'm like, what are you going to do to him? He killed his son. There's nothing you could do to him. Just put him in a chair and pull his fingernails out. He's in a, and they're just fingernails. I don't care. I killed my son. So instead of going and putting him in prison for the rest of a life, you take that human being and you go, wow, the mistake you made. How do you teach the rest of us to try to avoid that decision? Wear seatbelts, helmets, um, <clears throat> understand our limits as far as alcohol, whatever it be. And, and learn from it as a society instead of going rot in prison. You killed your son. Okay, you're not hurting him. You're just costing me money, and society hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, Jason, and that's a great point, and, and I really consider it, you know, part of my personal responsibility to give closure to the family. First and foremost, you know, we have two grieving families that want to know what happened. Uh -huh. That's that's most of them. They need to move forward. They want to move forward in their lives, and understanding what happened is the first step. And mm -hmm. so we have we're trying to find the answers and give them the answers um, that they need desperately to to bring some closure to this and move forward. Secondly, is holding people accountable. And if there's a criminal violation, uh, which I believe there is, you know, I've said all along since, uh, you know, after the first week that we believe speed is a factor. Uh, if it's so egregious that it's criminal, uh, we're going to do everything we can to hold the person responsible uh, if, in fact, they made an egregious you know, error or, you know, I don't think it was on purpose. But, you know, they've obviously uh, acted in a way that's cost somebody their lives and they should be held accountable, just like we all should. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so so let's go back to cars. Okay? Yes. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to get on that too much. I, I, we're going to bounce over here. So cars. Talk to me about. OK, you've been in law enforcement. How long now? 26 years. 26 years. Yeah. So you have seen a few different vehicles come your way. And I'm sure as a 
fledgling beginning <laughs> officer, you're like, really? I got to drive this dump all day? <laughs> fledgling is a good description. So, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so fun fact, I was actually... Uh, featured in a book back in Texas called Behind the Texas Badge. And so I was in this book, and what it was a collection of stories throughout the state. And uh, I remember visiting with the author, and they said, hey, you know, what What were some of the things you remember about, you know, when you first started in law enforcement? One of the things, because uh, I'm a car guy, you know, that's I, I love cars. I've, I like police cars and all types, of, all types of emergency vehicles. So I remember when I first got cut loose from training, I got the keys to my, you know, very first police car. I was super happy, walked out into the lot to get into this, you know, awesome crime fighting machine. And it was literally like this 1995 beat up Chevy Caprice. <laughs> it was literally I, I it was the worst car in the lot. It's like missing a hubcap. It, it was really bad. Uh, but I was so proud of it because this is my new ride. And so I, you know, I, I cleaned it up real nice, got in it and rolled out. And, but I'll tell you that car being in 1995, it, it had the police package. I'm pretty sure, you know, probably better than I do. I think it was the LT one engine that was in it. So Corvette engine, um, big brakes and this thing would move. And so it was a cop's car. We loved the big old caprices. Uh, they called them the shamus because they're, you know, I apologize to your listeners if you drive a Caprice, but these are ugly cars. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you, from no. a police standpoint, uh, they were probably one of the best police cars that were ever made. I love that car. Um, now we've moved on. Uh, we've evolved, you know, several generations. And uh, our current platform, we drive the Ford Explorers. They're all-wheel drive. Uh, we have a collection. Some of them uh, actually have turbos in them if we're using them for traffic control. But they make anywhere from 300 to 400 horsepower. Very small, you know, compact vehicle, all-wheel drive. They handle really well. And uh, it's a great police car. And I, so, yeah. I, I got to admit, they're kind of an iconic police car, to be honest with you. Because um, I have a, a neighbor down the street that he has a retired police car. Uh -huh. It must be Highway Patrol, I think. And uh, he'll leave it parked on the street a lot. And I tell you what, we don't have a lot of problems with speeders <laughs> up down my street. Because it's like, oh, I better slow down. There's a patrol car there. You know, when you see when you see the black and white, uh, it it just triggers something. Uh, even even my, if I'm driving and a, and a car gets behind me and it looks like a police car, you know, I I get that that rush immediately. Like, <laughs> am I speeding? Am I is my seatbelt on? But everybody goes through this. It, it's, we all do. It's it really amazing. invokes you know a, a primary a primitive response uh, when when a police car you know gets behind you. Um, and you know, actually, you know, anticipating coming on the show, I looked around. I was and, and one of the questions we were thinking of is why are police cars black and white? Yeah, I was going to ask and, that, right. Yeah, and that, that's a really, really good question. And so um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Google detective, so I looked to, <laughs> to see if what I could find out about this. And it turns out, um, well, two reasons. One, they're black and white because those are really primary contrasting colors. And that's the whole thing is the vehicle needs to have a contrasting appearance that stands out and doesn't look like anything else on the road. Uh, the other thing is, which I thought was really interesting, is when cars you know, first came out, you know, when the, the very first vehicles that came out were all pretty much black in color. Well, that's because um, Henry Ford only let you have black. That was it. And you got a, you got a black car. And so, but when the police bought their car, theirs were, were black as well. Uh, and to make them distinctive and different from all, every other car that was on the road, they took and they painted the doors white and they changed and painted the hood white just oh. to give it that contrast that this is a police car and it's not a regular car. Isn't so that it's kind of a it's kind of a carryover from some of the first uh vehicles we ever had on the road wow. is why they're black and white. Interesting. Yeah. 
Huh. Okay. Well, that's kind of. I love that. I uh, never knew that. M- yeah. I never. Knew I didn't that. either until yeah. Jason asked me the question and <laughs> I looked it up. But then, why does NYPD use blue and white? Well, they're NYPD. They okay. can do whatever they want. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's a lot of different colors out there. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of. Oh, I God, we were just at the King of the Hammers and uh, the. The uh, oh, whoever's in charge of that department, <laughs> my brain is broken right now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's always broken. Um, their cars are just white with a sticker on the side and lights inside. You know, it's really interesting because a number of years ago, a lot of uh, police departments actually started transitioning away from the black and white because they, um, you know, didn't want to look too aggressive, didn't want to, you know, look too imposing. So some some departments actually did go to uh, an all white. Some went to blue. My previous agency we actually used a blue and silver. Uh, kind of like you would with black and oh, white, but it's blue and silver. It was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, and each agency kind of has their own their own thing that makes them different and unique. But um, it, they've kind of started coming back. So you're seeing more and more police cars that are kind of have the black and white, more traditional uh, color scheme to them. Hmm. I think uh, Grover still uses blue, uh, white. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, excuse me, white. I think I think you're right. I think so. I know. I live in a Grande, and there for a while they were just using white, but now they're back to black and white. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's much easier to sell a white car than it is a black and white <laughs> car. You know, yeah, for yeah. auction. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not that that should matter, but um, it's funny the the Caprice Classics, uh, the Crown Vic. Yeah, that is a car that cannot die. Yeah. I mean, those cars were used by police forces forever, and then they would auction them off because okay, this got too many miles on it. <laughs> And then they go to be uh, 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 taxi cabs for for five hundred thousand miles. I mean, they were incredible cars. Yeah, Crown Vic. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. You know, we were a Chevy. We were a Chevy uh, shop, so I didn't get to. We didn't have a lot of Fords in my previous agency. And then now, now that uh, we do have Fords, uh, we're all Explorer now. But Crown Vic was a great car. Some of the neighboring agencies next to us uh, had Crown Vics, um, and so we would often go to driving schools together. And so there was always some friendly competition. Sometimes not so friendly. <laughs> Uh, between neighboring agencies, you know, we had a Caprice, they had a Crown Vic, and we'd see who could run the course the fastest. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I think the Caprice won most of the time, but I'll tell you, wow. the Crown Vics are just workhorses. Uh, it, it's funny, I watch, um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I end up watching some of the YouTube channels, and one of the channels I watch is a guy who, he buys up all of these Crown Vics, uh, he, he owns a racetrack, and he has his version of the Daytona 500 with all these used Crown Vics, and it, it's incredible because these cars have 100, 200,000 miles on them, and they're out there racing. And uh, just like you said, they're almost bulletproof. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I remember when the – I remember – uh, kind of back in my head when we when we transitioned when a lot of forces transitioned from the Chevy to the Ford, and all the higher ups kept the Chevys because they were more comfortable and they were <laughs> more plush. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you'd see you'd see all Crown Vicks and two Chevys back there. You're like, <laughs> oh, that's a captain's car. <laughs> yeah, and then it, it's really interesting because throughout my career, I've I've really seen the iteration of, of police SUVs. You know, when I first got into law enforcement 26 years ago, there there really wasn't police SUVs. That wasn't a thing. Um, and then now, really, that's the predominant vehicle between either the Chevy Tahoe or the Ford Explorer. Explorer, they've gone to this SUV platform, and they've really done a lot with these vehicles. And, and this this car is not not what you go to your dealership and purchase. Oh God, um, no. they, they've been lowered. They have stiffer suspensions, sway bars, heavier brakes, 
heavy-duty alternators, cooling systems, uh, turbocharging, all those different things that go into these vehicles uh, to make them reliable uh, and, and able to do pursuit driving. So the the now the SUVs really are the preferred platform. You can sit up higher. You have a better field of view. Um, it was always a little unnerving because they still have a lot of body roll in them because mm-hmm. they are you know a, a higher profile vehicle. And so I never really got used to doing pursuit driving in a SUV because it just feels like it rolls. They they won't they won't roll. They won't tip over, uh, but you know they feel like they will. Is it or also partly because the the there's just more room. Correct. Because yeah, you got all, all the gear you got to carry. Yes. And so we have a lot of gear that we deploy with nowadays between, you know, our life-saving gear for, uh, you know, we have AEDs for first responders, you know, so if somebody's having a medical incident, we have a little bit of medical gear, but we have a lot of protective gear for us. We have less than lethal uh, weapons that we have to carry, shields that we have to carry. So all those now have to come into the vehicle out with us in the field, and you need that extra room. Yeah, because you guys really do carry. I mean, you guys are truly... You guys are, well, I was talking for, yeah, I know, I know. We'll get to the break, whatever. It's okay. They're not going to sue me. <laughs> no. Um, the, <laughs> so you, you, I was talking to a friend, and uh, so you talk about the rollover, and um, the a friend of mine, when the SUVs were first starting brought in, they basically, Ford sat down and said, you can't roll it. And he goes, yes, I can. <laughs> and they go, no, you can't. He goes, watch me. And he went out and did everything he could to try to flip that SUV because it wasn't his and he was going to prove himself right. <clears throat> and he could not force that car, no matter what he did, to, to topple. Even with three full-grown men in it with him, he could not. All that weight and everything. It's really, you know, I can't say it's impossible, but I will tell you with with all of the traction control, having the all-wheel drive, it really is a different driving experience because the old-style police cars, just like the Caprice, the the back end would come loose all the time. (laughs) Like it was, we were burning tires off of them all the time. Um, But now with the Explorers, and 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 the Tahoe has the same technology, with the traction control and being able to... um, separate the the drive and the different wheels individually it makes it really really hard to roll which is great you which know, is great we need all the help we can yeah. get yeah well yes and that's what we want we want our our uh, our officers to be able to do their jobs not go well i'd like to but i'm stuck in the mud um we <laughs> right. want them to be out doing their job and yeah. capable of doing that job and <clears throat> the technology we have today in everybody's car in the last 10 years, 15 years, the cars have developed and advanced so much. Our roads are so much faster and so much more competitive, and you really start to feel it. God, go get in your 70s car and jump out on the road. And unless it's a hot rod, you feel overwhelmed. And what are all these maniacs doing driving so fast? <laughs> and then you get in back into your normal car, and it's yeah. like, oh, well, they're just driving like I drive. Yeah. Uh, so Good you point. need to have a car to keep up with that. Good point. Yeah, it's uh, it you know the technology we're, has really come a long way, and and especially for traffic safety. Um, obviously, we we have human error is, uh, is the main factor in crashes these days. But the cars are becoming so uh, much smarter and able to protect the drivers like they never have before. And we really appreciate the safety that that is now commonplace in all vehicles that are new. And that's that's one of the things I push. And it is is if you have a new driver at home. Mm-hmm. The new driver needs to have the latest or the mo- the most recent car. It doesn't have to be a Ferrari. It just needs to be the most recent, so it has that protection because they're the least experienced driver in a world with a lot of drivers. And I want as much protection around my young ones as possible, whatever that may be. 
And, and <clears throat> so I tell people, it doesn't have to be an $80,000 car. You just want to have a newer, inexpensive car if that's what you can afford. What you can afford, buy that for your kid. And that way, your newest driver, it's a scratch, a dent, a rollover, whatever. They have the best protection possible. Yeah, and that's a great point. We uh, even, you know, I'm not going to promote any uh, brands on on air, but uh, even the base models of some of the vehicles now have uh, lane, you know, lane keep assistance, mm-hmm. um, smart uh, cruise control, all those things. Really right. good. And technology. they can stop for you. My, my friend the other day, he said he was driving his wife's car, and. Uh, he was, oh, whatever, he was distracted. And all of a sudden, the car started slowing down. He's like, what, what, what? And, and he was gotten too close to the car in front of him, and the car decided he was too close and was slowing the car down automatically. Yeah, that's fantastic. <clears throat> so um, we'll, take, we'll talk to Alan real quick from Slow before we go take a break. So good morning, Alan. How are you doing? Hey, Jason. Hey, Chief. Of course, when I say Chief, I was flushing the old Superman where, where the boss said, don't call me Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, you can call me Rick. How about that? Oh, Rick sounds good. Great. Yes, uh, we were mentioning about the Crown Vicks. If you had ever had a demolition derby with those things, that probably would go on for hours or days because they would keep surviving crash after crash. That's true. Yeah. That, that, Friends of mine cheating. went down to Orange County to else. see a demolition derby with RVs. <laughs> Top gear, baby. And they were all driven by police and fire chiefs. That would be interesting. We're, you know, believe it or not, we're pretty good about hitting things. Um, you know, we're we're highly skilled drivers, but uh, we're, backing up is usually not our not our strong suit. Uh, we back into a lot of things. Uh, kind of sounds like maybe this happened recently or something. Yeah, it, that's that's pretty normal. Uh, you know, we're talking about driving safety and all the tools and technology, but uh, it's really tough to see out of the back of a police car. Usually, there's a cage and some other oh, equipment. Yeah, there so, you, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll just put it in reverse and hope for the best and. Uh, doesn't always work out. And expect the worst. Yes, well. <laughs> well, I'm in a police car, but it should be backed away. I yes, need room. Yes. Yeah, the RV one was done as a fundraiser, so I thought that would be cool. You go down to Santa Maria and get all those RVs that are sitting around and trash them. <laughs> that would be interesting. I think uh, I think our police officers would probably enjoy that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like that idea a lot. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I get yeah. a bunch of the off, a bunch of the police forces together, and, yeah. and you guys could put tags on each car. Who's who's you know, uh, whose town, city, or whatever, and in competition. I love that uh, competition like, derby. Yeah, yeah, that's a great right. idea. Get your That's great, Alan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Have a great day. So, all right, let's take a break here, real quick. Let's right. take the break here, really quick. No, let's have a break here. <laughs> I just I picked out one. I picked out a classic commercial. I think that's perfect for the chief here today. All right, this one we uh, we've we've used it before, but it's going back to 1956. Oh. And the Ford police car commercial. Wow. Yeah, they're advertising police cars. So 1956. That's interesting. One of the country's largest and most modern law enforcement organizations is the North Carolina State Highway Patrol. Nearly 600 men patrol over 70,000 miles of highway. When an accident report comes in, these highway patrolmen move out in a hurry. The North Carolina Highway Patrol is prepared to go anywhere, anytime, to protect users of North Carolina's fine highways. And they get there. Now meet Colonel James R. Smith, the patrol commander. Our job is to enforce North Carolina's traffic laws. It's a big job. That's why our cars have to give top performance in every kind of driving situation. And at the same time, give our men maximum protection. 
And here in Houston, Texas, Ford goes first, too, just as it goes first with police agencies all over the country. Over 70% of all the cars operated by the nation's state police today are Fords. And no wonder, nobody outperforms Ford. Here at the Indianapolis Speedway, a 56 Ford V8 recently set a new 500-mile record, averaging over 107 miles per hour. At Daytona Beach, Florida, Ford won the top award for the best all-around performance. And at Kingman, Arizona, a Ford V8 set 30 new world speed records. In performance, Ford goes first. Test drive a new Ford and prove it to yourself. Absolute Auto Tech in San Luis Obispo wants to extend thanks to all of their loyal customers over the years. Drive safe on the roads and take the time to maintain your automobiles. You can count on Absolute Auto Tech for high quality repairs for your safety and safe driving needs. Absolute Auto Tech has been performing auto repair services since 1997 at the corner of Sacramento Drive and Capitolio Way in San Luis Obispo. Come by or call 547-1062. That's 547-1062. Are you sick and tired of dealing with the so-called new normal when we know there's nothing normal about it? How about dealing with the old normal for a change? Westside Auto Supply and Slow still offers the same old-school service they've been known for since 1946. They still offer the best quality auto parts, expert service, and the advice you deserve. Walking into Westside is like going back in time when the customer was king. With the latest technology and always competitive prices, Westside Auto Supply. Buy the best from the best. Since you have experience in both now, um, driving habits of Californians and Texans, um, what do you think? Yeah, uh, very interesting. So I'll tell you, um, for the most part, and I'm proud to say here here in California, maybe maybe it's specific to San Luis Obispo, I'm not sure, uh, people generally try to drive close to the speed limit, which is which is refreshing. I was surprised. You may not realize that, especially if you're from here. Uh, you may think people drive fast, but that's not true, at least coming from Texas. So um, I did come from Texas. I've been here almost two years now. Uh, I grew up in Texas in the Dallas area, and people generally drive. If you're not going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, uh, you're going to get run over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. you're going to get run over. We have some We have some. Uh, some, some roads, uh, especially down by the state capitol, 85 miles an hour. 
Speed limit is 85 miles. I didn't even wow. have a car that would go 85 wow. miles. So uh, people drive really fast. Tailgating is is one of the state sports uh, uh-huh. in Texas. Oh. So uh, coming here, I was very surprised that, that people actually do uh, drive slower. And they, they try to stay pretty close to the speed limit. I think it's kind of I, – I had that incident in Idaho. Because some of the interstates up there are 70, 80 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And it's harder on the car because um, – my my oil was great in my mus- Mustang until I got to Idaho. And then you're having to keep up with all the traffic, and I get to a truck stop in Idaho, and I'm starting the oil level was down a little bit because you're going up these inclines and all that I uphill, imagine. a lot of uphill. And Push that it's, car it's a little harder on the car. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it, I'm, I, really uh happy to say you know we have we have a safe community obviously we know that but just even from a traffic safety standpoint um people really do drive pretty conscientious here uh they're careful uh one of the biggest changes i'll tell you is on the highway so if you're towing a a trailer the maximum speed is 55 miles an hour um, and that was something I wasn't used to. So in Texas, if you have a trailer, you know, you, you go as fast as you can. You keep up with the, keep up with the rest of the traffic. Uh, but here, all trailers are 55 miles an hour, which is, which is really interesting and, and quite See, a bit different. I, I think it's a really, really bad decision. Yeah. yeah. Once you cross the, I'm not, I'm not experienced and I haven't gone to a lot of places. As soon as you cross the border and go to Arizona, they don't have the traffic issues we have on the freeway right. because everyone's traveling the same speed. Yeah. And what other thing I thought was interesting in Arizona, when I the few times I've been is if you see somebody and you're doing let's say the speed limit 70 and you're doing 70 75 you know even approaching 80 whatever everyone's kind of going the same speed everything's happy somebody blows past you and you're like really we're doing 80 how fast do you need to go you go down another five miles they're on the side of the road with an officer and they're having a little conversation Yeah, I I have that little incident too. I it's hard for me to remember, but a lot of times we're talking about the jug for K jug. Lots of times I'm the one that's having to drive it down the freeway, <laughs> and I have to remember it's 55. Yeah, and and I don't get the finger so much uh, because of that. But because I'm getting a lot of people are like yeah. you know actually taking pictures because it's you know the vehicle that it is. But man, it, it's hard to remember sometimes that. Yeah. There is a different speed limit for pulling a trailer. You know, nothing s- sticks out like driving around a big, uh, you know, jug, moonshine jug uh, behind <laughs> your car. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Surely that wouldn't yeah. be yeah. 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 cars that no. don't mix other than no. 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 Uh, I don't, I don't you know, mix, that's for sure. My biggest advice is, uh, you know, utilize the right-hand lane. And so uh, yeah. you, you have to stay in the right-hand lane unless you're passing or overtaking another vehicle. A lot of people uh, want to go 65, and they'll utilize the left lane, but that's not where you're supposed to drive. So especially on the highway. Utilize the right lane. Uh, let people go on by you if they're uh, intent on going a little faster. So for me, I'm all about that. And I agree with that 110%. Until I'm pulling my trailer and the right-hand lane is beat to death uh, and it just destroys my trailer. Yeah. And so then I tell the state of California, fix the lane so I can utilize the road properly. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, when I was moving out here uh, from Texas, I had a, a trailer. I was actually pulling a motorcycle. So uh, oh, okay. I, I uh, had a motorcycle I was brought with me, and uh, it barely made the trip. And the right-hand lane just literally destroyed uh, my trailer. Yeah, yeah. it just destroys Just washboard. It. Uh, yeah, and that's, it destroys semi-trucks. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're driving a big rig and you're not on the phone with your congressman once a month or so to complain about it. I don't know why. I mean, you're just destroying that half million dollars worth of machinery. Yeah. 
because that just does beat the crud out of your equipment. You know, I'll tell you uh, locally, and this is one of the things I, I talk about quite a bit is, um, we, you know, be careful when you drive locally. And, and we were talking before we went on air. It's, um, you know, here in San Luis Obispo specifically, you know, we really uh, encourage people to walk. We encourage people to ride bikes and other modes of transportation. Uh, but that makes our roadways congested. So as a driver, you really have to be careful. Watch out for other people that are out there to make sure that we don't have any roadway incidents. Because we do, uh, that's one of the, the most common things we have are people that are getting hit uh, on a bicycle or walking uh, in the traffic lane and sometimes uh, cars veering over into the bike lane. And that's, and for me, it, it's, I, I hate that. I hate that people are hurt. I hate the fact that, that we have to worry about that. But uh, it, it seems to me so many, when I see a bicyclist, I treat him like a, I, I treat them as if we were shopping yeah. and there's a shopping cart in front of me. And I have no idea what direction that bike is. Is it going to follow the rules like it's a car? Is it going to act like a pedestrian? Is it just going to go from a car to the bike, <clears throat> to the <clears throat> sidewalk, back around? Is it going to make a big U in the middle of the intersection? What are they going to do? <clears throat> so every time I see a bicyclist, and now we have the, the one wheels and the unicycles and, and, and incredible technology. The, the one wheel is a phenomenal uh, device. I don't know if you've been around those much yet. But, uh, you know. It looks like a one-way trip to the hospital for me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. They look I, fun. I, just call, call the one wheel and call the ambulance at the same time. There and you go. Be going. Just, uh, we have a question. We, I, I had a, a caller. I had a um, guy that used to – I live in a hell. And a guy guy was using one of those kind of recombinant bikes. And it looked like a lot of fun, but it was kind of dangerous, too, because, yeah. you know, you come around a corner and you don't see those. They sit and a little lower. Yeah. I, I do notice that one day that the one of the Grande Police Department um, – Police officers had stopped him, and I think he was just talking to him about the safety there. Maybe put a flag yeah. on. I've seen a couple of those guys yeah. run a beach flag type uh-huh. of thing on them. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so we have we have Jeff from Murray Grandy. Good morning, Jeff. How you doing this morning? Hey. Good morning. Uh, hey. Uh, thanks for your service, uh, Chief. And uh, welcome to the Central Coast. It's nice to have a a new uh, police chief that wasn't hired like just because of a. Certain, uh, you know, quota to hire certain types of people. So you look like a very competent chief. And uh, thanks again for your service. And uh, but I had a question. Uh, well, since you touched on towing, uh, at 55 speed limit's pretty good to help prevent like people from fish telling if they don't have enough tongue weight on their load. You know, and uh, so they get above like a certain speed, like when they have don't have enough tongue weight, it can cause like fish telling and they can lose control. But um, but my uh, my question was like back in the day when the Crown Victoria, uh, you know, police interceptor, did that have a three fifty one Windsor or was that a three hundred two, a five liter or the five point seven? That's a great question. I, I think it was the three fifty one, if I'm not mistaken. And I know you could get that package in a different uh, handful of different varieties. It's it's interesting. Today we buy the Ford Explorer, and there's three different um, engines that can come in that. And I think that. You know the one you're describing. I think it was a 4.6 liter, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it would uh, it, it would run, and so the gearing on that that vehicle um, was very uh, suitable for in town and uh, quick you know quick driving. So you need to go from zero to sixty or whatever up on a speeder pretty quick. They were well equipped to do that. Those had a special because like, normally the Crown Vic probably had the 5.0 right. So the police interceptor had the 351 Windsor. The five point seven, I guess, or that uh, you may be getting over my technical ability here. <laughs> I'll tag in a friend, so Jason may have a comment well, my, on that. <laughs> well, I bring it up because I was always wondering, like, if the 
when they switched from the Caprice Classics that had a 350, uh-huh. like over to the Crown Vic's, like, did you notice a big difference, like with the, the Crown Vic had more power? Or, you know, it was interesting. Over the, over the Caprice. Yeah, because our Caprices, we, we literally ran them head to head with the neighboring agency on our uh, on our road course. Um, and we had more power in, in that Caprice. And it, it did have the LT1. Oh, the and, Caprice. Yeah, the Caprice. Oh, that's did. right. It had the Corvette engine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and it did. It came with a couple of different models, but the one we had was the LT1. And um, and it would it would take the the Crown Vicks every time. They tend to have a better uh, cornering ability, so they could typically get us in the in the top end of the course for the cornering. But uh, out of the hole, our Caprices would get them. That's what I was figuring yeah. is that you, that the Crown Vic was a little smaller, mm-hmm. and and so they would corner better. But then you guys would have more power and yeah. and. Uh, uh, but you know most police packages, there's a lot of things under the skin. That are different. Um, you know, the the engine itself is probably oh. So so let's say the the engine itself on your Explorer is a standard size three point five liter, right? Three five. Uh, three, three, seven. three seven. So okay. though, they've changed so now, but that okay. yeah, three seven naturally aspirated. The okay. three fives are EcoBoost. The turbo, right? The turbos, okay. Yeah. So that was would be the same size displacement engine, mm-hmm. but it's probably more like the technology that's in the Lincoln mm-hmm. because it's going to have a better crank and better value and and better components to handle the abuse that you may have to go through in a pursuit situation. Um, and these cars, I mean, the hours, we were looking at hour meters the other yeah. day, and some of the uh, hour meters on the cars that you guys are running basically equate to 300,000 miles of regular pe- drive time for a, you know, a standard uh, um a person driving a car. It, and you're 100% correct because the, the trick to a pursuit, I'll tell you, is maintenance uh, and making sure the vehicle can can survive the pursuit. It's not about who's the fastest. It's about who can finish the race. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time making sure they're well-maintained. A lot of the systems are heavy-duty, so they don't break down when you're in a pursuit. Uh, but that's the key is keeping the vehicle maintained. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and, 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 yeah, I agree. Uh, so we have Carolyn. Uh, did I do that right? Come from Hemet? Well, we hadn't cut off uh, Jeff, Uh-oh. but we are running oh, a little here. long time. Good so morning. Here's, How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I got a quick question based on something that I saw on the, on the freeway in L.A. County. It was an L.A. Lakers tour bus, the basketball team, and they were in the, the big tour bus was in the carpool lane. I wondered if your officers would like to comment on what they think of that. I like that idea. That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, and I'll tell you, the, the carpool lane, and, and uh, the goal is to keep, you know, especially when you have high-capacity, high-volume vehicles, um, it, we're trying to keep as many people safe as possible, um, and buses in particular. I don't. I, I would have to research the actual law if, uh, if they're permitted to use that, but I would assume they are, uh, generally because of the capacity of the vehicle. And again, with a bus, you, you don't want a bus stopping and starting, and it makes it difficult to, to see around. And so I would, you know, to me, that seems like that would be reasonable. I, I'll, I, 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 this, guy I was, this guy was way over speed, way, mm-hmm. way over speed, and that lane was so tiny. I thought if he drifts just an inch, he's going to be all over the place. So I wondered about that. 
Yeah, and that I you know I appreciate you bringing that up, and uh, and I always welcome people if you see uh, you know see something say something, and that's one of the campaigns I have here in San Luis Obispo. So when we see those issues, or if you see something that's that's potentially dangerous uh, when driving, uh, call it in. And um, the other part is no calls too small, and a lot of times people will, won't call because they say, well, it's not an emergency or nothing happened, but you could be the one that could prevent something from happening. So when we see something that that looks to be dangerous to you. Call it in, and um, and the dispatchers are, are generally very helpful in, in, in routing that to where it needs to go, if it is uh, truly a uh, danger. Okay, really but good. Thank you. thank you so yeah, much. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Carolyn. And, you know, it's, and, and I, I know for me, as a, with a Class A license, um, it, all of the fines, all the everything is double, basically. Yeah. And as a bus driver... Um, she's saying he's really going too fast. Um, if they get caught doing that, they could realistically lose their ability to drive a bus, which basically lose their job. Um, with me, I mean, if I lose my class A, well, that sucks. I have to go to a smaller travel trailer. <laughs> but um, the that that would I, I would think that would really weigh on any driver's mind the whole time they're in excess that. Um, you get a fine, and I, I and and yeah. maybe I, you're more familiar with this, but I'm under, under the impression that if you're a bus driver and you get a fine in your own car, you could lose your license to, or at least whatever. There's major penalties, that, and that's a good point. You you do run the jeopardy, uh, the risk of losing your commercial license. And I'll tell you, um, you know. We have incidents that happen, obviously, with our commercial carriers and uh, our drivers. Uh, but all in all, these are professionals. They typically have more hours than, than common drivers that are out there, you and I. They drive for a living, and they, there is so much at stake if they make a mistake. So on, on whole, uh, our commercial drivers are usually the best on the road. They're involved in the least number of accidents. Uh, but just like our last caller, they're not exempt. And, and sometimes you do see situations where they've made a mistake. And, and unfortunately, when they do make a mistake, it can be catastrophic because of the, the size of the vehicles that they operate. Size of the vehicles and all the people inside. Correct. Instead of just you yeah. and your car and a deer, it can be big. Yeah. Um, so, I, I and I agree. You know, it's funny. I, I have a friend that he owns a limousine service, and it's amazing to me how protective those drivers are of that car, of the passengers, of the road around them, and how aware and how they really do. The, the phone doesn't exist. The radio yeah. doesn't exist. All that exists is their surroundings and what's inside. And it's amazing how professional these people really are. Yeah, and it, it, their job is to get you know someone from A to B uh, safe. And, and and they that's their primary concern is making sure that their passengers have, you know, an enjoyable time if you're especially yeah. if you're in the limousine business. Uh but getting them from point A to point B safely. And uh and, and I'm sure they, they rely on repeat customers too. And so they want to replicate that experience and make sure that they're they're being safe on the roadway. Right. That's amazing. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm blown away. Um the you know, it's funny, the maintenance uh, we were wow, maintenance, 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 maintenance. Um and here we are, um from from a maintenance point of view, now the last few days, the last few hours, really do shine and scream maintenance, and and what are you prepared for? Um, we need to start making this our responsibility as drivers to maintain our vehicle. The minimum, and and you know a lot of things we're talking minimum. We're not talking hey. Uh, is your car got? Do you have the full 365 horsepower in your car? Are you down to 350? We need to fix this. 
we're talking tires and wipers and heater and defroster, the minimum stuff. People go, hey, Jason, the defroster's leaking. It's bad. The heater core's no good. Can you bypass it? I go, no. And well, why not? Because I remember when the, 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 um, the Dodge Viper came out. It oh, was yeah. an open-top car. There was no – you couldn't get a, a, a cab for it. There's no door locks. There was no way to lock the car. Yeah. Jason, um, I got to interrupt because we're down to three minutes and we have one call. Okay. There you um, yeah. Okay. So, Jeff from Slow. Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? Hi. How are you folks today? We're doing great. Great. Uh, Chief, I'd just like to give a shout out for Chief Scott. Uh, thank you for serving and protecting. You've done a really incredible job since you've been here, and thank you so much. And you have a pretty extensive uh, view of of automobiles, too, and I think that's great. And you're informing people of even more safety, so kudos to you, sir. Thank you, Jeff. I, I appreciate the comment and uh, really welcome the support. And I think uh, I think a healthy perspective, especially for those in law enforcement, or our first responders, is you have to have other hobbies. And so uh, my hobbies, uh, when I'm off work, it's not law enforcement. So I, I really enjoy cars. I like spending my time working on cars, uh, and that's just one of my special interests. I think that helps us, uh, you know, have a positive outlook on life. Me too. We have we have several things in common, Chief. And again, thank you for serving and protecting our community. Well, thank you, Jeff. It, it, I'm honored uh, to be here, and I really appreciate the support. I much appreciate it. You have a great day, sir. Thank you, Jeff. So I like that a lot. We have two minutes. So um, Westside Out Supply, I'm not kidding. They really do a fabulous job over there. Those guys, uh, wow. Um, they they wow me at least once a week, and I'm sorry I don't get wowed very easy. I am I'm not easily wowed, <laughs> but they do. Um, you know the the Steve and and Kevin and Mark and all the gang over there. The drivers are phenomenal. Everybody, I really like those guys. Um, but I have to say, I want to say, you know, if you see the other day we were at a ball game, at a football game, and I saw. A man in blue and uh, happened to be a man whatever a person in blue um, I don't mean to be like that um, and um, I just walked up and said thank you and wow. the smile on his face yeah. it went from all right I got to make sure everybody's safe to <laughs> oh I'm just a common person with everybody yeah. it, it, so many of their interactions can be negative try to make one positive so if you see someone in blue stop and thank them um, t t tell them how good they look. Tell them they like you like their <laughs> shoes. Whatever it is, and and make them smile because what it will spread. It really will. Don't I, you agree? Hundred percent. Thank you for saying that because the people that do this job they don't do it for the money. Um, no, just somebody <laughs> saying thank you or how's your day. Um, we're just people that wear a blue uniform and a badge. We're just people. And when people come up and just say not nice things, just say thank you for your service or I appreciate you being here, makes it all worthwhile. And that will that will be paid forward and create that positive experience. I appreciate and, that. And, and for the next person, exactly. for the next person they interact with, no matter what it be, big or small, I, I guess we, i, I got to make this show longer. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I should have invited you for two more hours. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for everyone. Thank you, Scott and Jeff. Oh, Jesus. I keep messing your name up. I'm sorry. Just um, Rick. Rick. Just I'm sorry, Rick. Rick. Uh, thank you so much. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks, Jim.
the 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111 911.